Father, we just thank you, Father, once again this morning. We come to your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. Yes, Lord, you are sovereign over every situation in our lives. You are God who is awesome, who is like unto you. Marvelous are your ways, unchangeable are your ways, your thoughts and your, and your deeds are, and the, and the intentions of your, of your heart are past finding out. Father, who can give counsel to the Lord? Who can instruct God? You are God and there is no other. And therefore this morning we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Father, to speak to us. Comfort us, exhort us, rebuke us, chastise us. Father, enable us to humble ourselves and come under the authority of your word and enable us not to seek to the left or to the right, turn to the left or to the right, but to surrender our lives to the authority of your word and of your spirit in our lives. Father, to that end, I pray that you would bless even the meditation of today's word. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We've been looking at kingdom. We've been looking at hearing how every one of us has to hear in these last days and as we've been uh, warned in the book of Amos, if you can turn with me to the book of Amos chapter 8 and verses 11 and 12. Um, this is a warning. <clears throat> Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine Sorry. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, not a thirst of water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord but shall not find it. As a warning, especially it's going to happen in these last days, many will go to and fro, running from from sea to sea, from conference to conference, from website to website, from YouTube channel to YouTube channel, and, and trying to get a word from God, but they will not be able to be satisfied. Their hunger will not be satisfied. The thirst will not be quenched. Um, and we understood one of the reasons why, or probably the primary reason, or the most fundamental reason as to why this happens is because the Holy Spirit withdraws himself. And therefore, uh, the warnings in the scripture are always connected with the Holy Spirit. Anybody who sins against the Son of Man will be forgiven. His sins will be forgiven. But if anyone blasphemes the Holy Spirit or sins against the Holy Spirit... That's a dangerous sin. I think that's a sin that leads to death. I believe that's what I believe. You know, so we'll be care- very careful, very, very careful, humble ourselves and and come under the authority of God's word and not turn to the left or to the right and always be sensitive to the to the proddings and the and the and the convictions of the Holy Spirit. Because the answer to Every situation in our lives. And there's going to be famine. There's going to be lack. That's what we've been warned. There was a pandemic. Then comes the famine. See, we should not take those things lightly. So the problem what happens is that because we've heard the word so many times, um, we kind of become complacent. And then we 
read the word, we understand the word with our minds, but it doesn't percolate into our hearts and doesn't change the way we live. That is something which we should never, that should never happen to us. The answer to all of God's, uh, all of our situations and troubles or whatever situations that we might be going through is the word of God. What? Whatever difficulty, I mean, in the, in the, in terms of lack, see, difficulty comes because there's a lack of something, right? And there's no completion, right? Um, and the answer to, com- to completion is God. <laughs> and when there's no God, there's no completion. And He is the answer. And how does God come? It says the word of the Lord came. And when the word of God comes, the answer is for every problem. I mean, there's an answer for every problem. You'll see that pattern through the Bible. You'll see that um, uh, when to, when there was a famine, it says um, there was a famine more severe. I mean, there was another famine like the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Gerar and the word of the Lord came and they appeared to him and he says, do not go to Egypt. The answer to the famine was a coming of the word of the Lord. And what did the word of the Lord ask him to do? Sow. And when he sowed during famine, he had a hundredfold harvest. You see, the solution to every situation, the solution to famine is not plenty or 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 uh, provision. The solution to famine is the word of the Lord. And you'll see that again in First Kings chapter 17, if you can turn there from verses 1, 2 and 3, 1 to 7 in fact, 2, two places where you can see this very clearly. Elijah the Tishpai, the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be a dew nor rain except at my word for these years. And then it says, the word of the Lord came to him. And he commands the ravens. Verse 7. Okay. Again it says, and it happened after a while, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And verse 8 will say, and then the word of the Lord came to him. You see, the the solution to famine, oh, and every famine is allowed by God, and and we've uh, and it's 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 interesting that the solution to every famine is God's word. Okay, they lacked wine, and the solution was do whatever He asks you to do. That's the solution. Okay, All right. Peter toiled all night and caught. Nothing. And he says, but according at your word. See the solution. The solution to God's problem, uh, to every situation, especially lack, is the word. And if you do not have the word, and I believe Peter realized that. And he, and when every, when, when the word became tough, many of the disciples got offended and they grumbled and started walking back. And Jesus said, will you get offended and would you also go away? And he said, Who, to whom shall we go, Lord? You and you alone have the Words of life. The solution to problems is is the is is I mean to to famine particularly is the word of God. So if you are rich in the word, come whatever may, you understand that if if we have the word, the living word of God, I'm not just talking about the logos. We are talking about the habit of hearing from God, and whatever situation, whatever lack that we might be going through, will be filled. So one of the things, therefore, we should never get offended is by the word. Ask God for the grace of humility. All of you be clothed with humility. And in, in Telugu it says, be decorate, decorate yourself in, with humility. It's very interesting. Decorate yourself with humility so that you can understand and listen and hear from God.
So how do we respond to famine is a very important thing, you know, and you read to, uh, if you read through the Bible, you'll see different, different um, situations and circumstances of people have, who have gone through famine, the way they've responded, and every um, response in the Bible um, of people is a lesson for all of us, an object lesson for all of us, because all things which are written beforehand was written, written for our purpose, so that the, so the encouragement and the endurance that scripture provides, we might have what? hope. Okay, that's important. The encouragement and endurance. What do scriptures have? The They have the power to encourage us. Okay, we understand that, to encourage us. They also have the power to give us endurance. That's that's amazing. That scriptures, that the encouragement and endurance, please go turn there, 15.4, if you, if you, uh, Romans 15.4, that is, if you don't have to take my word for it, it is Romans chapter 15 verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through the patience, and if you can uh, read it in the ESV, it's interesting. Hmm? Okay. Okay. For whatever was written in former days was written for, for our instruction, that through the endurance and through the encouragement, of the scriptures, what a superb verse that is. Through the endurance of the scriptures and through the encouragement of the scriptures. Okay, I can understand being encouraged by the scriptures. But the fact that you can also uh, draw endurance, the power to endure from the scriptures, that we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement, what a superb thing. You can, look, you can see scriptures coming first and then God coming later. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, one another in accord with Jesus Christ. So the answer to every situation is the Bible and you, and we see how people have responded and we draw lessons and we, we, we draw, in fact, um, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, even even as we receive the word by faith, we be we filled. We will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we uh, are uh, we have the tenacity. We have a mindset to endure. You see, um, most of the races is in the mind. Okay, if you look at every um, race, um, in the, especially when you when the guys reach the top, there is very little difference between. The gold medalist and the silver medalist in terms of ability. Okay. When two guys reach a Grand Slam final, most of the time it's an equal, equal battle, semi-final or final, some equal battle. Okay. The guy who's won the battle in the mind most of the time wins the, wins the match. I mean, I remember, um, it was, I think, uh, US Open 2014, if I'm right. When Rafael won it for the third time or the second time, if I'm right, he was was again he was uh, tipped against uh, Djokovic. There was a 54 shot rally. 54 shot rally. I mean, they were both of them were virtually exhausted after the rally. I mean, R- Rafa won the won the, uh, the 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 Grand Slam, the U.S. Open. It was a four set match. And it was, this was, I, I believe, in the second, second set, where Rafa won the se- first set, and second set was won by Joko, which was a 54-shot rally. In that 54-shot rally, I mean, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, who won the rally? Joko, which won the rally? And who won the match? Rafa won the match. I was thinking about it. I mean, if I was in that fellow's position, if I would have lost that rally, I've given everything, and I lost the rally, 
my i would have lost the whole match mentally what i've said to myself man i've given myself everything instead of giving myself giving the whole thing uh, i mean giving all of myself to this i lost the lost the point but the thing is that you endure you see that is the reason why you know in the in the center court it's called the arthur ashe stadium in us open the billy jean it's called billy jean arthur ashe arthur ashe stadium and the placard for the guys who enter into that arena to play the placard says pain is privilege pain is privilege you see endurance 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 okay very important for us to realize that so and what best way or a better way to learn endurance than to learn endurance through famine okay that is where we learn to endure okay and the and th- that is where we prove god that is the reason why he says i ca- i led you into the wilderness caused you to hunger fed you with manna to prove to you that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god the whole purpose of leading you to uh, through the 40 years of wilderness is to prove to you that you know what you don't need physical bread you need my word and if you have my word whatever situation that you're going through you have an answer and he says clothes did not wear out sandals did not wear out none of you was sick god tested your heart he proved you see so it's very important how we respond to the famines in our life and uh, famine could be anything <laughs> it's just not necessarily that uh, it's a lack of a bank account no it you could be rich in your bank account but still going through a famine and the answer to the to 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 every situation in your life is the word of god i'm i'm thinking about this now i just recently one of my family's friends very close friends of our family he's not a believer but uh, hmm, my my f- father's side of the family a family friend he was and you open minded guy is a scientist in one of the top pharmaceutical pharmacist labs in the country okay he has a phd in chemistry both his children are one is of phd in mathematics is a professor in university some university abroad rich guys i mean very well off <laughs> covid came attacked them guy passed away It's sad very sad see see you can be rich and what does it profit a man that you gain the whole world and finally have lost your soul so the solution to every situation in your life is the word of god the famine especially and god allows situations in our lives so that we can be proven by god and tested by god and prove to ourselves okay my faith is genuine okay so that the tested genuineness of your faith which is more precious than gold even though it is perishable is tested by fire may prove to the honor and the praise and the glory at the appearance of jesus christ whose glory whose honor your glory your honor at the appearance of jesus christ is what first peter chapter 1 will say okay so let us run from one of the very classic stories in the bible about famine okay and you can read this particular verse in a particular book in many ways but let's look at a few verses turn to ruth's uh, gospel name uh, yeah gospel according to ruth maybe yeah uh, ruth 1 and uh, and let's read from verses 1 uh 2 1 and 1 2 3 maybe yeah Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled 
that there was a famine in the land. Okay. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, uh, KJV is very interesting. It actually com- combines Bethlehem, Judah. Okay. <laughs> don't have to turn there. No, no, but, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the one was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Mehlon and Kelion, Euphrates of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Can we have both verses 1 and 2 together? Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell. Actually, the word for dwell is um, sojourn. Uh, dwell in uh, is um, the original translation actually renders it as to become a resident alien. Okay, In Moab, in the country of Moab. That's the word actually, to become a resident alien. That's exactly what all green card holders in the US are called. They are not citizens. They are what? Resident aliens. That means all the citizens of US will look at these resident aliens. You are alien and you are resident. We don't trust you. Don't vote. Okay, that's by and large what uh, the resident alien equivalent in our uh, in our modern day uh, society is. Okay, so went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the of Elimelech, uh, the name of his wife. Uh, sorry, the male name of his man was Elimelech, son was, uh, wife was Naomi, the same names of the two sons were Mehalon and Kilion, Euphrates of Bethlehem Judah, Ephrathites of Bethlehem Judah, and went to the country of Moab, and, ah, that's interesting, first they went to sojourn, and it's like the classic case of, uh, of Lot, First he pitched his tent close to Sodom, and he went into Sodom, and then he became the head of Sodom. Almost. He's at the gates of Sodom. This is a classic lot scenario. Okay, this, this keeps repeating in the Bible. I don't know why these patterns keep repeating in the Bible. And whenever these kinds of patterns repeat in the Bible, we have to pay much closer attention. Ephrathites of Bethlehem. Ephratha. Okay. That is where um, Rachel um, died and uh, while giving birth to uh, Benjamin. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Now, this is very important for us to understand. There was a famine, no? as I said. Um, famine at the time of Abraham. And he went down to Egypt. Famine at the time of Isaac. The solution was the word of God. Famine during the time of Jacob. The solution was the word of God. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> all right. There was a famine, and if, no, it's, it's interesting. Some, I, I mean, I'm not making a doctrine out of it. One man of God made a very interesting observation. Canaan is the land of promise. Jacob and the eleven sons are dwelling in the land of promise. Egypt is the world. Okay, I mean, at least you will. That's what, by and large, that's what you, uh, you. That's how you look at it. How interesting that in the land of promise there is a famine and in Egypt there is plenty. And you know what the man of God says? Simply because you have sold your Joseph to Egypt. 
he makes an observation there. I thought that was an interesting observation. I'm not making any doctrine, just an observation. Just an observation. Yeah. Okay. Joseph is there. If Joseph is, was here, I don't think you would have experienced famine. You see. He had the land of. Very important for us to, we'll come to that point later on. And just keep that in mind. Now it says in the days of judges. Now what kind of these days were the days of judges? Were the days of the, the days of judges? Is this when the judges ruled? That's actually not the word. Ruled is not the word. Rule means to be the authority. When the judges judged or shafat. Okay. When the judges judged. Why? Now, if you turn to Judges chapter 21 and you will kind of understand what the uh, spiritual climate was uh, during the time of Judges and verse 25. Judges chapter 21 and verse 25. You'll know, you will understand this very, very well. I mean, you know this verse very well. In those days, uh, there was no king in Israel. This is the time of Judges. In those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. Okay. You understand that? So judges ruled and there was no king. And when there was no king, everybody does right, that which is right in his own eyes. And let's now go back to Ruth's, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 2. So the name of the man who went to Moab was Elimelech. Now that's interesting. The words, uh, the names are given and it's something, whenever the words are so specifically given, we just have to take a notice of it and uh, try to understand what God is trying to teach us. It says, uh, Elimelech was the name of the guy. There was no king in Israel. And everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. And by the word, the word for Elimelech means, Melech means king. Eli is, means my God. So, God is my king. That's what it means. <laughs> it's, so obviously, God is not his king. You can have your name as Elimelech. We'll come to that very uh, a little later. But try to understand this. Is is God truly your king? Is he the king of your circumstances? They wanted to make Jesus king as by force. But Jesus was did not want to be their king. Remember after he multiplies the bread, they realized, oh, this is a prophet. And immediately they want to make him, and they, Jesus perceives very clearly that they want to forcibly make him as king, and make him as king, and he refuses to be their king because they have still not come to the point to understand what kingship actually means. To be their king actually means. And Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 26 and 27, look at what he says. Okay. Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Okay. And then he says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures for everlasting life. Okay. What is the solution to every problem? Thank okay. you. The word of God. The word. And he says, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Your fathers ate that manna and they died. Which the son of man will give to you because God the father has set his seal upon them. The problem is, when the word of God is gone, it's something which uh, uh, if you turn with me, I'll show you this verse. If you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 8, 
verse 18 to the end. Look at what it says. 18 to the end. Here I am. This is Isaiah. And the children whom the Lord has given me. Now it's interesting, right? Name of the name of the husband is Elimelech. Means my God is king. Naomi means beauty. Or rather my beauty. So maybe, you know, that's what uh, Elimelech used to address her, my beauty. Children's names are very interesting. Mahalon means sickness. Okay. Kilion means wasting away. No, that is interesting. Who will name in their right mind? Sickness, please get up. It's time to go to school. Sickness. Sick Babu. Time for breakfast. Time for lunch. Time to do your homework. Think about addressing somebody as Mahalon in your home. Are you the waste cutter? That's a waster. Kilian, hey waster. Come home. Now think about naming somebody in your home as Mahalon and Kilian. I mean, that is something which we have to really take to heart. I, mean, I believe that huh, this is what the Holy Spirit, I believe, might have written those names. I mean, I don't think um, the author is obviously writing it in retrospection, I, I believe. I don't know who wrote Judges. I mean, Ruth, um, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Okay, that's how it is. Okay, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and then you have Samuel. Alright, so uh, so it's it's interesting. Hey, Mahalon, why Mahalon? Look at it says, here I am and the children whom the Lord has given me. What are they should be? They should be for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord God of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter. Why am I saying this? Psalm 60 verse 7 and 8. Actually, uh, 6, 7 and 8. You can read. 6, 7 and 8. Psalm 60 verse 600. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and I will measure out the valley of Sukkoth. Hmm? Gilead is what? Mine. Manasseh, Ephraim is the helmet of my head. Judah is my lawgiver. These are my, 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 my. You see always the word, the personal pronoun being given over here. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my, is my, is the helmet of my head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my Oh no, you where where are you going, boss? To wash boss, wash basin, where God has rejected, that's what you're going to take now. Clearly. Go back. Why is he doing this? Let us come to uh, understand, uh, let us understand this a little more clearly. Here I am and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwell in Mount Zion. And then they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter. Should not people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on the behalf of the living? And then to the law and to the testimony, they should have, they should be seeking the law and the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. There is no light. And what will happen? Because there is no light in them, they will pass through hard pressed and they will be hungry and it shall happen when they are hungry then they will be enraged and cursed their king and their God and they look upward. This is a problem. 
You see, God is truly not your king, Elimelech. <laughs> God is truly not your king. If God is your king, his word should be your king. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, please. Verse 2 onwards. Some things which are powerful over here. I say, okay, put it in ESV, okay? Okay, let's read, let's read it. No problem. I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. You can keep, put engage itself, no problem. Okay, because God's, uh, uh, for the sake of your oath to God. Do not be hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand for an evil cause, it says in ESV. For he does whatever pleases him. He, he allowed this famine to happen. So just because there's famine, no, don't get upset and just leave his presence. Why, Lord? For one year there was famine in during David's time. Two years there was famine. Three years there was famine. What did he do? Pack up Jerusalem and leave? What did he do? Lord, what's going on? Because so and so, so and so, so and so. You didn't see God. There's no light. Why are you leaving the presence of God? Because you have no light in you. There's no light. The problem is we do not have light, meaning we do not have the understanding of the knowledge of God in the word of God. We have not understood him and not his ways. Why Lord? And immediately God will say, because there is a blood guilt for what Saul has done to the Gibeonites. Interesting. Ah, it's uh, I mean, really crazy ap- uh, chapter that is. And if you read the entire book of Second Samuel, you only have heartaches. Very little, very few instances where there is joy and most of the time is heartache only. Okay. David becomes king and few chapters of joy. After that, only heartache. Do not be hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand for an evil cause for he does whatever pleases him. And then, and then verse four, it says, where the word of a king is, there is Ah, where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? Meaning what? Surrender to his sovereignty. Okay, there is lack in your life. Don't get upset and leave. The word is hard. Don't leave his presence. In fact, in fact, the book of Ecclesiastes says, uh, when somebody, uh, when a king or when, you, when your employer or when your boss rebukes you, Take it patiently. Take it patiently. Where the word of a king is, where is there is power, and who may say to him, what are you doing? And then he says, he who keeps his command. Look at this. It's not just he who hears his command. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful, and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. What words of wisdom? And in fact, if you you should actually read through the book of Ecclesiastes, and when he makes those statements, those are the pearls in Ecclesiastes. No, he says, I have experience, I have experience, I have experience, right? And then he goes into this preaching mode. Okay. <laughs> Whenever you see this preaching mode, that is when you really, really, really have to take those words that pearls of wisdom. And then go go to the next verse. Uh-huh. And then, because of every matter, for every matter there is a time and judgment, 
though the misery of man increases greatly. The misery of man can increase greatly. But for every matter, there is a time and there is a judgment. For he does not know what will happen. So who can tell him when it will occur? Okay? So, 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 so don't leave hastily God's presence. Where the king's word is, there is what? Power. But there is word, there is power. Look at another place. I want to show you some beautiful verses. Okay, turn to um, uh, Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verses 1 onwards, 1 to 8, 1 to 11. Hmm? Goodness. <clears throat> Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they will soon be cut off like the grass and withered like the green herb tree. Okay, fine. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his... Ah, what a beautiful translation this is. Feed on his faithfulness. Lord, there is famine. Feed on his faithfulness. Dwell in the land. Don't run away from his presence. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires. We'll come to that later. Once more. Later. So don't run. Don't run from his presence. Okay, just because there is famine, don't run. In other words, there are, uh, Warren Viersby makes a very interesting statement. We exchange famine for hundred funerals. What a statement that is. We exchange famines for a hundred funerals. Because we respond to famine. In, in fact, we react. He says, there are three ways of 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 responding to 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 trials. Either you face them, or you run away from them, or you be, or you become bitter in them. When you face them, you come through and you become better. When you run away from them, like Lot, you exchange famine for several funerals. Understand this. Don't run away from his presence. Endure hardship as what? Discipline. Okay. Understand these truths and we have to, because it is when we go through famine, we begin to learn some things. Look at what it, what, uh, the wording in Philippians chapter 4, we know these verses very well from verses 10 onwards. Philippians chapter 4 verses 10 onwards. Okay. Look at the wordings of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. I rejoice where? In the Lord. I, 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 I didn't say I thank you for your for your generosity. No, 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 no. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last <laughs> your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. You cared, but you you lacked opportunity. Look at this man, okay? As I told you, no? If you are giving to my ministry, it's a blessing for you. That's the kind of an attitude he has. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have Underline that in your Bibles. What? Learned. You see, in, 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 see, that's what it says. After chastening, it produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness for only those who have been trained by it. Okay. Trained. So a lot of people run away. They don't face it. And we have to ask God, Lord, I want to face it. Many people, I mean, if you have to, you have to have husband and wife in your home who want to face problems. One, one person might want to run away from the problems. The other person should hold and say, Baba, let's face it. 
If you have that kind of a spouse, blessed art thou. Otherwise, you will be like Lot's wife. Remember, Lot's wife. Okay, understand that. Face, let's face this together. Otherwise, don't marry at all. No? But if you have a spouse, let's face this situation together. We'll come through. Let's face this trial together. We'll come through. But you don't have that here in this case, in Alimelech and, uh, and, and, and uh, Naomi's case. And he says, I have, I know how to, I, no, okay, so, I know how to be abound. I know how to, how to, oh, sorry, where am I? I have, I have learned. Okay. Now that I, not that I speak of, uh, uh, in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. What I know how to be abased. That means how to be in poverty. Okay. Content. I learned to be content in poverty. I know how to be in Abound meaning how to be in prosperity. How to be in prosperity? Like exactly the way I was in poverty. I didn't change. <laughs> I've learned that. Just because I've got a huge bank account, now I'm going to go and buy the market out. No, 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 no. IKEA sale 50%. Somebody said the other day. And they went to IKEA, the whole IKEA is empty now. Because everybody came to IKEA and bought the whole thing. You see? Understand that. Whatever state I am to be content, abound, abased, everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And verse 13, we know this verse very well. We, we, we quote this most of the times out of context. I can do all things through Christ to abound, to be abased. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. The answer is what? The king, the word of the king. In every situation. That is the reason why he has the audacity to make these statements like Romans chapter 8 verse 35. Look at this statement. The audacity of this statement. The audacity of hope says Obama. And Paul says something totally different. Uh, <laughs> who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Distress? Persecution? Famine? Or nakedness? Famine? nakedness, peril, nothing in all situations in verse 36 and 37. As it is written for your sake, we have been killed all day long, we are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. God leads us triumph always, not just one time. Okay. That is the reason why on Sunday morning pastor exhorted us, come on, let there be some triumphant music in the house of God. Okay. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Therefore, lack will show what will teach us if we are trained by it. That is the reason why what is discipline? Discipline is not necessarily the rod. To accept situations in our lives and allowing God to train us through the situations. Not running away from the situations. That is when you say we don't run away from God's presence. What are we doing? Lord, you do not know best. We want to run away from your presence. If you are God... That's exactly what Satan's temptation. If you are the son of God, ah, hello, I don't have to prove to you that I'm the son of God. I am the son of God, period. Tribulation, famine, nakedness, peril is not going to change my identity. Understand? It's not going to change my identity. I am. That's it. 
He says, he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And the first temptation is, if you are really the son of man, why are you hungry? That's a question. Many of you will go through that. Oh, you are the child of God. Why this lack? Like those questions that we get, no? During the Q&A. Why should we be get the rough end of the stick all the time? And all the wicked people are prospering. Until I went into the house of the Lord. And I understood their latter end. In vain I have washed my sin, hands in innocence and I have kept myself pure. Hello. Esaf, Esaf. Thank God Esaf was a seer. <laughs> Esaf was a seer. You know why? Because he was able to see his latter end. And he says, indeed, you have placed them on what places? Slippery places. Meaning they can fall anytime and they don't even know. They are on a frictionless surface. Have you been on a frictionless surface? Surface? You do not know when you are falling. Oh, you think that you are, ah! Hey ma, hey ma, mera haath bhi nahi hai, mera pair bhi nahi hai, uske baad mera daad bhi nahi hai. Teeth are also gone. That is the logic, okay? Haath bhi nahi hai, pair bhi nahi hai, see how I am able to balance. And then you fall. And what happens? Hey, hey. Teeth have gone out of balance. You see? So they are all in slippery slope places and they don't even know when they are going to be cut off. And then he says, oh Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I lost perspective. And what am I doing? I'm allowing my situations and my trials. Instead of being trained by the disciplines that you are allowing in my life, what am I doing? I'm running away from the very disciplines that will cause godly character to be wrought in my heart. Endure. So learn. Oh, no. See, the problem is, there is no plan B for people who are in the flesh. Because the flesh is contrary to the spirit. It says, those whose minds are on the things of the flesh, they are contrary to God. The mindset of the flesh, it says, is contrary to God and it cannot submit to the law of God and indeed it cannot. And therefore, those who live according to the flesh Cannot. It's a categorical statement. Cannot please God. Categorical. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But we are not of the the flesh, but of the spirit. If the spirit of God rests in us or lives in us, and if anybody does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not. What is the spirit of Christ? The spirit to suffer. The spirit to suffer. He does not belong to him. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for as many as are, what? Led by the sons of God. Are the, our spirit of God, are the sons of God. For God did not give us a spirit of fear to bring us back to bondage, but the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, in its children, heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if we suffer with him, then we'll also be glorified together with him. You see, these are all statements, categorical statements. So what, what was the plan? Was there a plan B for the son of God who came in the likeness of sinful flesh? Absolutely not. Hebrews chapter 5, you know this verse very well. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 to 11, 7 to 11. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 to 11. 
who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, no, think about it, no? So nobody can tell God you don't understand. Okay. He knows exactly what you are going through. In fact, more powerful, he has experienced the whole of sin on the cross. Strong bulls of Bashan have surrounded me. Dogs have surrounded me. We have no idea what that means. Dogs means all these unclean spirits. All the sin of the world because they have succumbed to unclean spirits was poured upon him. In other words, and he disarmed principalities and powers of darkness on the cross. Do we have any idea what what the cross is? How dare we ever lessen the intensity of the work of of, of God on the cross? Impossible for us to ever understand it completely, comprehend. We have to absolutely surrender ourselves to it. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, to him who was able to save from his death and was hurt because of his reverent submission, it says in other translations, or godly fear. And then verse 8, though he was a son, yet he ah, learned. Understand that. Learn. Learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Can anybody teach Almighty God? Well, not. But when he came in the flesh, he learned. Wow. He also asked questions. That means he had doubts too. I don't know. He had to be, he had, he had, he wanted to clarify certain things. Boy, that's amazing. And having been perfected, he was not perfect already. Every stage he was perfected. Every stage he became the author of eternal salvation to all who, again, obey him. And then verse 10 will say, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain. Okay, enough, verse 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of fear. We can't speak about all these kinds of obedience, Baba. Because you guys are now only milk babies. You see. See, understand this. So when God is, you saying, Eli Melek, don't run from his presence, boss. Because the situations are not good. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. What happens? Elimelech and Naomi. (laughs) What does Naomi mean? My beauty. That's what it means. What kind of a beauty does God look for? Yes, thank you very much. But let us look at beauty, okay? What kind of a beauty? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what kind of a beauty he looks for. We know this verse very well. Twenty-seven-four uh, of Psalms, and then ninety-seventeen, ninety-seventeen, not 1917, 1917. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I may, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to. Inquire in his temple. Charm, charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you. A woman who fears the Lord. Again, 90.17. And so what? Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. That's what we want. That is Naomi. Elimelech should have <laughs> Naomi. The beauty of the Lord should be seen. 
But if that this two doesn't happen, you can call your son Vijay, Ajay. Oh, what is other other names we give? Acha acha boy names. Give me a nice nice boy names in India. Ashish, Abhishek, Veer, Vishal. Oh, you can call them all, but in the sight of God, they are Mahalon, Kilion. Mahalon means sick. Kilion means waster. Pining away exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll come to that point a little later. Why? What does Mahlon and Kilion mean? But we'll, we'll come to the point. But see, what is the beauty that God is looking for? He's looking for the beauty of God. And what is the beauty that, we know this verse very well in 1st Peter chapter 3, verses, uh, 3 to f- 6, maybe, yeah? 3 to 6, yeah? Do not let your adornment, adornment be merely outward, arranging of the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Now, he's not against fine apparel. He's not against gold. Like many Pentecostal denominations, no gold. I mean, okay, I understand that. You should not put kilos and kilos of gold on, on your body. Uh, that That is absolutely understandable. But see, you cannot make a law out of this. This is, this is, we are, we are not talking about that. It, it, let it not be just merely outward. Let it just not be merely outward means, outward should not be the, uh, the, 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 the focus. But it does not mean that you should dress shabbily. You should be presentable. No? There should be some kind of a presentability. Somebody said, no. Apparel proclaimeth the man. At Francis Bacon. Apparel proclaimeth the man. Francis Bacon's powerful statement. My dad used to tell me when I was a kid. Vijay! <laughs> Apparel proclaimeth the man. <laughs> okay, so, so what, what we are saying is, we are not talking about just merely outward apparel. We are not talking about that. Concentration, but we have to concentrate here. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible. Actually, the word beauty is in italics, but thank God that's there to drive home this point. What is that? Beauty, which is incorruptible. Incorruptible beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now think about this, no? If there are situations which are going bad in your life, wife says, you have to leave from this place. Why can't we apply for immigration to Canada? Okay. <laughs> That's exactly how many, many Desi people end up there, no? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? With their PhDs here and they'll be doing uh, uh, jobs in uh, yeah, car wash and, uh, and and petrol bunks and all these places. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody ends up like that. But I'm just talking about by and large it happens. In many cases it did happen. And they go, oh my goodness, I was earning, uh, I was somebody told me, I was paying 30,000 rupees as income tax when I was in India. Now look at what happened to me when I came to Canada. I said, why did you leave, Baba? <laughs> India then, when India was so good, why did you leave? No. Okay. So don't, maybe, maybe Naomi would have said that. And there's no bread. There was no opportunities. opportunities. What? What has happened? Some, there's a dialogue in one of the movies. I don't want to mention the movie. 
और रोटी पैरों का जंजीर बन गया है रोटी पैरों में जंजीर बन गया व्हाट्स द रेंडरिंग ऑफ दैट फूड हैज बिकम लाइक अ चेन अराउंड माय एंकल्स फूड माय बेली हैज बिकम माय गॉड फूड रोटी पैरों पे जंजीर वॉट आर डायलॉग दैट इज रोटी पैरों पे आपको मालूम है कहां पर डेटा बेस्ट अच्छा नहीं है तुम्हारा <laughs> रोटी पैरों पे जंजीर इट्स 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 बिकम चेंज फूड अपॉर्चुनिटी हैज बिकम व्हाट चेंज एंड देफ यू आर नॉट फ्री You are not free to step out on faith. See, only when things go look very good. Think about it. No, where are you going? Land of opportunity. What is it called? Moab. What does God call it? Wash basin. That's amazing, isn't it? How important our perspective is from the from the side of God. What is God teaching me in this situation? No, 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 no. no. What will happen is. You know what? What's going to happen to you? You're going to waste away the, your next generation. You don't even know what's going to happen. You know, when I was two, I'm, I'm just giving you as an example. Okay, I was in Montreal for three and a half years. Montreal is like one of the liberal man's paradise. If you're a liberal, you're at home in Montreal. Okay. There's a street. I forget the name of the street. Huge boulevard. It's called a huge boulevard. It's a huge boulevard, almost like stretching. It's called. It's in downtown. Okay, you walk on that boulevard. Every two blocks, two buildings, you'll find a triplex store. Okay, and this is just next to the university. Two universities: Concordia University, McGill University. Two universities, about uh, about two and a half kilometers away from each other, or three kilometers away from each other. And there's a huge boulevard. That's all downtown. It's called downtown. Downtown means all the marketplace and all the buildings and the offices and the and the financial hub, if you want to call it that way. Full street. If you every two stores, you'll find a bar, a sex shop, or a whatever triplex store, a pornographic home, or whatever you want to call it. I was thinking about it, no? Okay, I'm going to immigrate with my family. No, if I think about it, no, I'm going on the streets of downtown on a Sunday. What am I going to expose my children to? Think about that. Montreal, is it a beautiful place? Oh yeah, it is. Unbelievable, it is. What is it? Wash basin in God's eyes. It's absolute. I mean, you go through the entire street, and then you will go through three, four blocks, and then you will have gay city. Yeah, full about three, four blocks total gay city. I mean, I'm not against them. Don't misunderstand me. And you have Indian restaurants in gay city. And why do they have Indian restaurants in Gay City? I'll tell you why. I, I had one of the guys who owned a restaurant over there. Uh, you know what? Uh, I want to work in Gay City this time. I said, "Why are you going to go there?" He said, "Those guys give me a lot of tips." 
Ah, thank you. You know it, no? You know it very well. Oh, they give a lot of tips. It was all merchandise. I'm not making any judgment calls, but I'm just observing. You make them walk on the boulevards of uh, Montreal. And especially during summer. Summer, all restraints are taken off. Everywhere. I'm just being euphemistic. I think they get so frustrated with the winter, they just go crazy in summer. Students are off. What will happen? Your next generation will suffer. Mahalanen, that's exactly what happened, right? They, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 13, those guys marry the Ammonite and Moabite woman, and uh, half of them speak, they don't speak the language of Judah, they speak the language of Ammon. And uh, can you sing some songs of Zion? Uh, what? Songs? And even if they sing the songs of Zion, they sing, they rap it. They not rap it, they rap it. You understand what I'm talking about, right? So, what is your beauty? Naomi? Make gentle and a quiet submissive spirit to submit to the disciplines of God in your life? Or you want to fight it? We are talking about in principle to all of us here. What kind of a beauty does your king behold in your life? A submissive spirit? Submitting to the situations of God? Not fighting them? Oh Lord, grant us that heart. Grant us that heart. I was thinking about this all night. I was thinking about it. Grant us that heart not to fight. That's the reason why it says in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 26. What is pleasant? Words which come out of your mouth in the midst of situations which when it, when it go bad, when situations go bad. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. But the words of the pure are pleasant. That is Naomi. <laughs> the words, submissive, quiet. 16.24 Pleasant words, it says. Pleasant words are like what? Honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. You don't speak this way because there is no light in you. It's light. So what happens? You take your two sons, Mahalon and Kilion. Why do you call them, why does the Holy Spirit call them Mahalon? This is why. I, this is the reason why I, I believe uh, the Holy Spirit calls them Mahalon. You know what? It says in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12. Turn to Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12. Hmm? Hope deferred makes the heart Mahalon. Ah, that's what the word Mahalon is. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. The problem is, you know what? You're, you were not seeking God here. And so what will happen? Your hope keeps on getting delayed. It just keep on getting delayed. But that's the reason. I go back to Psalm 37. I'm, I want to put this in context now. Psalm 37 verses 4 to 11 now. Psalm 37 verses 4 to 11. Hmm? Okay. Yeah. Trust in the Lord. Verse, th- uh, verse 1 to 11, uh, 3 to 11. Okay. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land 
and feed on his faithfulness. Actually, somebody, I think the Berean Standard Bible makes a very uh, interesting uh, word. Uh, Psalm 37 verse 3, right? 37, 3 in the BSB. I'll just show you that verse because I was, I was, when I was meditating on this, it says, Yeah. Ah, yeah. You know what? It, let me read this for you, okay? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Ah. I like that. What should you do? Cultivate faithfulness. Where does faithfulness get cultivated? In famine. Right? How do you know that I am faithful to you? When trouble comes. Then my root colors come. So dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. I like that. I said, wow. This is the word. Cultivate faithfulness. And then he says, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why is your hope being deferred? Because you are not delighting in yourself in the Lord. Hope deferred makes your heart malon. <laughs> you are not delighting yourself in the Lord. The Lord is not your delight. Therefore, hope deferred makes your heart sick, but the desire fulfilled is a tree of life. But wh- how, when will the de- desire be fulfilled? When you delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And He shall give you the desires of your heart. And then verse 5. Let's read on. Verse Commit your way to the Lord. You know, one of the things that what happens in the last days is there is no commitment. This Once you give your word, that's it. You are not going to go back on it. Once you give your word, we are not going to go back on it. And it's commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. And then, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers by His way, by in His way. And you look at all those other people. What is happening? All those, their hopes are being Fulfilled. And what is happening? Your hope is being deferred. But you know what God says? If you have hope in this life only, in Christ Jesus, you will be a mehalon for the rest of your life. And you keep on asking for it. God will give you what you ask for, but he will send you what? Leanness, mehalon into your soul. What do you want? Do not fret of him because who prospers him because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger. Oh, what's the whole point of doing all this? Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. And then verse 9 and 9. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Are, Land prices are shooting up. And he says, for yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. And verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Therefore, delight yourself in the Lord. Meek shall inherit. That's exactly what happened. What did Noah invest completely on in the church? 
all his bank balance, every savings went in building the ark. And what happened ultimately? Who, what did he inherit? The whole earth. That's the point. Invest in the church, you'll get the earth. What says the? What an equation, bro. Okay. Nowadays, one, if you have an apartment in the 35th floor, where is that ground, Baba? You're in the air. And you're proud of what? Hava. Air. What is it called? Vanity. Bubble. There's no land. It is all common land. Who owns it? Nobody. What do you own? Air. <laughs> you're in the air. You understand? That is the reason why sometimes when, I, when you, some people own an apartment and issue of their apartments, beautiful apartments, all nicely decorated, interior decoration, everything, and I'm looking at this and I'm saying, yeah, yeah great, but it's there. <laughs> so unfortunately. <laughs> See? Okay. And the ridiculous prices of uh, two-bedroom apartments in, uh, in Gachibali. Two-bedroom, Baba. One crore only. One crore, one CR. They say nowadays they don't call it crore. It's only one CR, sir. One CR? What is that CR? I didn't even know initially. And then I realized it is one, one crore. Because that crore ka concept in the dimak mein. One crore. Delight. What will you have? Otherwise you'll have a melon. What happens? It'll make you sick. Nothing will satisfy you. Five husbands you had. Sixth one is there. Is this, are you satisfied? No. My alone. John's Gospel chapter 4. Verses 13 to 15. You know this very well. <laughs> Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give you shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. You know this very well. But understand this. Ultimate satisfaction. I, when I was a kid, when, during hot summer, the, the greatest deception is coke. Remember? It will only increase your thirst and not quench. Dil mange more, yeah. And it's not dil mange more, your uh, tongue mange more. You'll never quench your thirst. You gobble up bottles and bottles of coke. It's still. Yeah, exactly. But the water, have you tasted water then? Wow. And then you make that sound in India. Uh, uh, that is when satisfaction really comes, no? That is what he's talking about. All these cokes will not satisfy you. Man-made, what drinks? Ah, hawa. Aerated drinks. It's all empty. Aerated drinks. They will not satisfy you. Hope deferred. What has happened? Hope has been deferred in your life. And God deliberately deferred that hope because you have not been delighting in himself. Yourself in him. You are not saying, Lord, 
But as a dry and thirsty land, I long for water. You are not saying that. You are not hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And therefore you are not being satisfied. You are not being fulled, filled. Why? You are not hungering after me. And every other thing that you hope for in life, apart from me, will be hope deferred. But the desire fulfilled is a what of life? A tree of life. And who is the tree of life? Who is the tree of life, my dear brothers? It is Jesus himself. He is the tree of life. He who has a son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. But what abides in him? The wrath of God abides in him. He who has the son. Hope deferred. The problem is, you know what? We want all these things. And we know that they don't satisfy, but still we go after it. <clears throat> John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 31 to 40. <clears throat> no, this is, again, we know this very well. This know, We know these verses very well, but we'll just read it once again. <clears throat> Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread which comes from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And then he says something very interesting. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe me. And he says, all that the father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You know this part B? I don't know about all that the father gives me. I don't know. Because I am not the father. But the second part of the verse I know. Lord, those whoever comes to you, in no ways you will cast out. I hold on to that promise. Lord, I hold on. I hold on to that promise. And I say, I don't know, Lord, because I'm not sovereign. <laughs> he is sovereign. But one thing I know, whoever goes to him, he will no ways cast away. So I'll go to him and say, Lord, this is what your says. That's what your word says. I will cling to you. And then verse 38, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And verse 39, this is the will of the father who sent me, that all of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise him up in the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up in the last day. What does it say? At your presence is... Fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. What? How? You will not let your holy ones see what? Corruption. You have set before me the way of life. Oh, what a psalm. Understand this. If hope is being deferred in your life, it's because you have set your hope somewhere else. Your loves are your delights. Your heart is somewhere else. If your heart is somewhere else, it doesn't matter what God gives you. You may love him with your mind, but your heart is somewhere. That is the reason why love the Lord your God with all of your what first? 
heart. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart. Okay, see, that's all there. And the hearts of your forefathers, that you may love him. Etc. Psalm 15 verse 9, oh sorry, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19. If in this life only <laughs> we have hope in Christ Jesus, we are of all men the most pitiable. Okay. So, why are you done cost, O my soul? Why are you disquieted before me? And then what does he tell to, tell to his soul? Hope thou self in God. Hope, hope in God. Who not, not, not in your circumstances, not in your situations, not in the provision that comes from man. No, hope in God. Hope in God. Why? Why are you downcast? Simply because your hope has changed. <laughs> hope has changed. And you know what hope is connected with? With character. Romans chapter 5. If you can put it in an ASB. Verses 2 onwards. Through whom we have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we exult in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces, brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And this hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in, in within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see? You see? So what are you running away from? You'll see famine in your life? Bethlehem? <laughs> the house of bread? You're running away from it? Okay. Maybe maybe the bread is not satisfying you. That's the reason why you're running away. I don't know. Hmm? You can read it in different ways, right? Because the love of God has been poured out within your hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. So Malon, how many Malons here? Hope deferred makes your heart sick. Let us hope in God, no? There's, I'm telling you honestly, if you put hope in man, career, nothing will satisfy you. Yeah. Those days uh, in government offices, because uh, Sarkari Naukri was a great thing, people used to not leave and go. But now, people are not satisfied in any every comp- any company if you stay for more than five years. Oh! How many years did you serve? If you were in this company, t- five years. Ten years? <gasps> Ten years? Fifteen years? Twenty years? Those days, my, once you enter into service, my dad served the railways for thirty-five years. Three decades and a half. It's a lifetime. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now you don't even think those lines yet, right? Ten years, five years in one company is somebody offers and I'm not satisfied here. The work is not giving me satisfaction. You know that job? The money is not the issue. The work is the issue, right? So many times we say that, no? The money is not the issue. The work is, it's not satisfying me. And even if I have money is less, I will go somewhere else. Something, it's always hope deferred. 
That is the reason why you have to constantly keep pray, praying this prayer. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. One of my favorite verses. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. Hmm? Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. There are two things which are important. The love of God is important and the patience of Christ is important. A lot of people become patient. They'll endure everything patiently but there's no love. After that patience, it's full of bitterness. No, that's what happens to Naomi. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. We'll keep on praying this to your life. It's one of the benedictions that you can give yourself. Lord, direct my hearts. You know why? Because my heart is an idol factory. Who said that Augustine, if I'm right? If I say nowadays Augustine something, they'll say, no, 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 you're quoting wrong plagiarism, etc. So somebody said it, okay? Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Patient. Endure. Okay. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you'll have a kill you on too. What's it? You'll become what? Wasting away. Why? Because you have not learnt the discipline of, uh, sorry, uh, not been disciplined through hardship. And what happens is that there will be so many other contradictory doctrines will appeal, appeal to your flesh. Will, will justify your decision. How do I know it? Romans chapter, uh, sorry, Proverbs chapter 5. Can we read from verse 4 onwards? Proverbs chapter 5. Just a minute, please. Verse 4 onwards. Okay, verse, 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 verse. Hold on, please. Verse 3 onwards, thank you. Okay, 3 onwards. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is she's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Okay, this is this is basically bitter as wormwood. Who became bitter finally? Uh, don't call me Naomi, call me uh, Mara. Why? Because you took some doctrine which says, you know, in this life only you have to have success. What happens? Her feet go down to their deaths. How many deaths in your family? Three. Steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable, you do not know them. And then it says in verse 7 onwards, Therefore hear me now my children. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. You see, there's a very important verse in Jonah. Very, very, very uh, unlikely place to go to during the during this time of, uh, during when I'm explaining this. Go on to Jonah chapter 1. Hmm? Jonah chapter 1. I'll show you this verse. Jonah chapter 1. Uh, and verse... Just give me a minute, please. Habakkuk, Jonah, right? Joel. Huh? Oh, 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 Amos over there, no, Jonah, okay, Amos over there, Jonah, okay, sorry, sorry. Thank you, doctor. Amos, Abodaya, Jonah, thank you. See, pastors also don't know their word nonsense. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm searching for that. Okay, but, but, but nowadays I'm used to my Telugu Bible, so this Bible is a little rusty, okay. Uh, uh, read up, please, uh, read uh, um, verse 1. Yeah, 1 to 3, that's enough. The word of the Lord, what? Came to the son of to Jonah the son of Amittai. What came? 
word of the Lord. Verse 3. What is the word of the Lord? You know, go to the Nineveh, etc. Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the... So what are you fleeing from? The presence. The word of the... When you're fleeing from the word of the Lord, you're fleeing from the word of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. It is where the word of God is, is the presence of God. Period. Very clear. That is the reason why he's saying Proverbs chapter 5 verse 7. He says, Hear now my children and let not my words, what? Depart from your mouth. Remove your way from her and do not go near the door of the house. Don't go near temptation. <laughs> Run, flee temptation. Let me test myself. Don't do it. Don't become experiments with truth. M.K. Gandhi. Okay. Lest you give your honor to others and your ears to the... You give your honor to others, your ears to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And then what happens? And you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are kilion. That's the word. What happened? When your flesh and your body have been consumed. And you say, how I hated instruction, the word of God, the presence of God. How my heart despised correction. Oh Lord, please, please, you know, this is something which I want to keep my heart from. Lord, let me never despise correction, Lord, please. Somebody confronts me. And if somebody says, okay, I don't even want to say anything to Vijay because he'll get hurt. Oh shucks, Lord, no. No, 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 no. I said, no, but kabhi nahi aana. Heart despised correction. And then, I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was in the verge of total, what? Kilion. In the midst of congregation. And I don't want to depart from your presence, Lord. I want to stay there. I want, I just want to be where you are, dwelling daily in your presence. And according to Jonah, dwelling daily where your word is expounded, where your word comes to me. For the word of the Lord came to Jonah. It's the coming of the word of the Lord in the power of the Spirit. With the convictions of the Holy Spirit. When the word of God comes with the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, what does he bring? He brings conviction. He will convict the world of sin. Isn't it interesting? Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. I love this. Okay. This slight detour. Okay. And they heard the, you can put it in KJV. Actually the voice. Hmm? And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the in the garden in the you know what the word for cool is? The word for cool? Ruach. Okay, now let's read that verse again. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool or in the spirit of the day. That's the word. Okay. Now what is day? Genesis 1 verse 1. 1 verse verse 2. Genesis 1 verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was in the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then, 
God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from darkness and the light he called day. Okay, now let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 now. Let's read that entire verse together. With all this light, in this light, okay. And they heard the voice of the Lord or the word of the Lord walking in the garden in the spirit of light. In the spirit of light. The light of the word of God came in the spirit. And what did it bring? It brought conviction to Adam and Eve. And what did they do? They started hiding. And they heard the word of the Lord. What what does scripture enjoin us? Instead of hiding. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 onwards. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 onwards. Therefore do not be partakers with them. And verse 8. For you were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And then what does it say? For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding what is acceptable acceptable to the Lord. Okay. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them or reprove them. For what? For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Bring it to light. Don't hide from it. But what are, but all things that are exposed or brought to light are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore it says, if any man walks in light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse him continuously from all sin. Continuously from all sin. Therefore, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, when Christ will give you life. First Thessalonians chapter 5, First Thessalonians chapter 5, First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse, verse 4 onwards. But you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are the sons of light and the sons of the day. We are not of night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober for those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who are, get drunk and they get drunk in the night. We know these verses very well. And it's and you know what Jesus says in uh, John's Gospel chapter 9 and verse 4? Look at what he says in John's Gospel chapter 9 and verse 4. <clears throat> I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. What is the night? The absence of this presence. The absence of light. The absence of the spirit of the light. The absence of the voice of the Lord in your life. Run away from it. Let's go back to Ruth's gospel. Sorry. Ruth, chapter 1. Okay, Ruth's gospel. Yeah, Verse 3 now. Onwards. Then Elimelech Naomi's husband died and she was left and her two sons. And then what she did, did she do? Now they took wives of the woman of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name was of the other was Ruth and they dwelt there for about 10 years. And in the course of time, everybody dies. Both Mahlon and Kilion also died so the woman survived her two sons, her husband. And she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. Now look at this. For she 
what? Ah, heard. That there was bread. What did she hear? Now isn't it interesting? When the bread came to Bethlehem, she was not there. She only heard about it. What did she? She was not there when the blessing came to Bethlehem. She only heard about it. What did Jacob tell his brothers? Joseph's brothers? I heard that there is what? Bread in Egypt. Are you a part of the blessing? Or do you hear about the blessing? Think about it. Think about that. As Art would say, (laughs) put that in your pipes and smoke it. (laughs) Think. We heard that there is word. But the difference, no? I am a part of the word. Of the blessing. I want the blessing. Total difference. For she heard in the country of Moab that the Lord visited his people by giving him, giving them bread. In other words, you miss the what of the Lord? The visitation of God in your life. That's what happened to you. You missed the visitations of God in your life. And what happens? What does he tell? Uh, in Luke's gospel chapter 9, you don't have to turn there. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How much I would have gathered you as hen gathers its chickens. Because you did not know this time of your visitation, your house will be left for you desolate. Until you cry out to him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You lost. Let's turn to Psalm 32. Verse 3 onwards. Verse 4 onwards actually. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My mortality was turned into the drought of Samasela. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. And then verse 7, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye and verse 9 and 10 do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding which must be harnessed with bit and brittle else they will not come near you <laughs> what should what should happen to Naomi only when hunger comes you will come to me they should be harnessed like a with a bit and brittle many sorrows shall be to the wicked but he who trusts in the Lord mercy shall surround him be glad in the Lord and rejoice you righteous and shout for joy all you upright in heart she arose when she heard that the Lord had visited. I, I, it's interesting, no? Uh, 500 people, Jesus appeared. Okay. Show them all kinds of signs after his resurrection. And he asked them to wait in Jerusalem for? He just go and wait. He didn't say 10 days. Just go and wait. Be there patiently. Sit, pray, look at each other whom you hate very well. Nicely. 
one on the left one on the right peter in the front i don't know what all they were doing and peter could not no 10 days of tension and immediately has to rise up and say something oh okay i think matthias should be the next to judas who asked you to say all those things okay Uh, okay. anyways we couldn't wait but it's okay we'll forgive them okay we are all we are not any better anyway right uh, right so wait in jerusalem how many waited 120 and what happened to them others heard that the holy spirit came to the church and visited them were you there were you there were you there i remember you know in my own life i'll tell you this okay when we were in our church those in the first days you guys were not there okay you were all juniors to me i'm dinosaur here i'm from a very ancient and very prehistoric in gtc it's been compared to all of you okay thing is uh, we ha- we got a we, we somebody was praying to us and somebody I mean, was we we had somebody saying that you know this saturday coming saturday the lord is going to visit your church with the baptism of the holy spirit I remember very well it was February 14th of 2011 if I'm right or 2010 yeah 50th day yeah yeah whatever it was I forget that day yeah it was the 50th day of of, of 2000 that year hmm? yeah, exactly we, we, we were waiting okay and uh, the lord is going to visit you and many of you will be baptized in the holy spirit okay no my heart started to pound because one of the things that I was lit really craving for and asking god for the was for the baptism of the holy spirit two things i was asking for i said lord i want the baptism of the holy spirit and i want genuine okay i need to i need both i mean i need to know that what i received is genuine okay this is something which i was really really ha- craving for and ha- hungering for literally okay and then uh, i was telling pastor what should we do should we fast and should we pray and what should we do should we prepare ourselves you know all these things we were asking pastor no pastor said chill okay just come just come with expectancy in your heart and everybody in the church knew that that day is going to be fasting and prayer and you should come and visit i mean god will visit you not everybody turned up okay i know this very vividly okay very vividly the holy we started praying one after another wickets were falling meaning the holy spirit was coming and visiting them okay <laughs> and one sister and she started prophesying and she started speaking in tongues another sister my heart was beating i'm like oh lord don't pass me by don't pass me by and and you know pastor james comes to me and he was he was also praying for me and he just lays his hand on me and he says vijay you already have it just speak it out you received it speak it out and you wouldn't believe it i just opened my mouth but it started coming out Okay, also a miracle. Okay, if you think that tongues are not real. <clears throat> okay, subjective evidence is here, okay. So I started speaking and I was like running here and there like a boy who got his toy and uh, really it was, I was like a crazy small little baby running on the, in the street, on the, on the, on the, I mean, I was running here and there, up and down in the church office there. The next day, we had the worship service i was supposed to lead worship and then you know, pastor james recorded it in the video i don't know if he recorded the video or the audio i don't remember those days what 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 technology we had we don't know so uh, one brother he missed coming to the first camp he could have come and pastor called him and he said you know why didn't you come 
And uh, he said, oh, no, I had some work in the office. You could have come, right? Yeah, he said, I could have come. You know what happened? What you missed? And he just played the video right in front of me. I could see that guy, okay? He started playing the video and he saw all of us and he heard that God visited his people. Hmm? And you should see tears of regret in his eyes. Tears of regret. You know, after that, he left the church and he went. Where is he? I don't even know what is, what's up with him. You heard that the Lord visited your people. But were you there when the Lord visited your people? Total difference. You know why? Because your food, your stomach is your God. And when trials came, that's the reason it says, when trials come, how so? So you easily forget to cast your burdens upon the Lord and trust again in the promise of His Word. You know, we people, we don't live on principles in the Christianity. We live on promises. And every promise of God is yes and amen. Where? In Christ. Don't leave His presence. Just because such situations and circumstances have turned against you. And there will be famine. And God will allow famine. But are you prepared for it? You know what is the solution to every problem is not anything else. It is not provision. It is the word of God. It's his presence. It's not provision. It's his presence. And where he is, everything will be met. That's the solution. And we should not be a people who will be hearing that God has visited that church or this church or that church or whatever it is. We should say, Lord, be a people where we will be there when you visit us. And we want to be a part of the blessing. We don't just want to be a people who will be blessed. Because you said, you'll be blessed and I will make you a blessing to all the nations. That's the Abrahamic covenant. I'm telling you honestly, you know, that day, the day of our visitation, it changed my life. Changed my life. Radically. There's a total paradigm shift in the way I understood scripture and everything. Never the, I, I was never the same after that. First was my baptism and the second was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Never the same after that. I can, people can clearly see the distinction between this and this. And of course, those days I was zealous. I used to call my friends who were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hey, Ajay, hear this. <laughs> because he got baptized in the Holy Spirit before me. Okay, uh, my friend Ajay. So Vijay calls Ajay and says, Ajay, hmm, hear this. Ah, you also get baptized. Ah? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Never forget that. Because you know what? We were there with expectancy in our hearts. We never left his presence. And I'm telling you honestly, with all the situations that, got, that have gone around in this, especially in our church for the last 13 years, one thing, what I did, what I, what I told myself, I'll commit myself to this, this way. Period. And by the grace of God, I do not want to abandon his presence. I want to be there to be a Part of the blessing. I want to be like Joseph who will be having bread so that I can bless others. I don't want to be like his brothers who will hear that God
God has visited Egypt with bread. No. No, 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 no. I want to be blessable. So that I can be a blessing. That's a good title. Are you blessable? <laughs> I got that from uh, Warren B.S.B. Okay, so nothing original. Okay, it's okay. He is dead and gone. Poor man. He will not file for copyright. <laughs> That's one of, one of his commentary. Are you blessable? I don't want to be a people who hear that God has visited. I want to be a part of that blessing. Let's go back to Ruth. Okay, yeah, one verse six. For she heard in the country of Moab that God had visited his people by giving them bread. He withheld bread? No, he's giving bread. But in the withholding, see the Christian life is always like that. Where the presence, you will enjoy the face of God and his favor and you will also experience the hidings of God. Apparent hidings of God. Oh, where are you, Lord? Night next to you. And in fact, actually, I'm carrying you. Therefore, you can't see me. Can't see me. But I want to be blessable. A part of those people who will be a blessing to others. Amen. So this morning... Famines are lessons, my dear brothers. What are we going to do? Every famine teaches us a lesson. And one of the lessons that we also learn from Isaac is that he says, Isaac sowed in the days of famine and he, with, and he uh, with, uh, reaped a harvest of hundredfold and he became prosperous, so prosperous and prosperous and prosperous, prosperous, prosperous. One, one verse will have five times prosperity, the word prosperity. It's triple superlative. Why? Simply because he was there in the presence of God. Where the word of God is, there is the presence of God. Don't run away. Don't be an Elimelech and a Naomi which will create a Mahlon and a Kilion. Don't become Elimelech and Naomi which will create a Mahlon and a Kilion. Can we pray this morning? Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We want to praise you. We want to, we don't want to abandon your presence like the, the like the way Cain did, O oh Lord. Adam and Eve hid from your presence. When the word of God came to them in the light of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, with conviction of the Holy Spirit, they hid. They started making excuses. They started pointing fingers. But Lord, we don't want to point fingers. We don't want to be like Naomi who said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt harshly with me. We want to take responsibility, Lord. I am in this mess because of the decisions that I have made. Forgive us, O Lord, if we have resisted hardship. If we have not embraced hardship as discipline. 
if you have looked for ease rather than bending our back. To the move of the Holy Spirit. Enable us not to be stiff-necked. That's what you warned Ezekiel. You told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I'm sending you to a stiff-necked people, a rebellious people. And you kept on repeating, rebellious, rebellious. And you asked them, I asked Ezekiel, speak to them whether they will hear or they will not hear. But you said, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, but you don't be rebellious. Take my word and eat it. Even if it's bitter, even if it is unpleasant. But we know, Lord, your word will always bring health to our soul and to our spirit. You hurt us, but you don't harm us. You lower us to raise us. You humble us to exalt us. And therefore, all this evening, this morning, we want to humble ourselves under the hands of God. Wherever you have placed us under, O oh Lord, in whatever situation we might be, we don't want to fight hardship. We want to endure hardship as discipline. So that one day, O oh Lord, we can become a blessing. That we will be blessed to be a blessing to others. Honor the Lord with your substance. And the first fruits of all your increase. And your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Is what your word promises. We want to honor you with our substance. We want to honor you with what we have. Grant us grace to that and we pray. Summon all of us into your hands. We plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. Keep us safe. Keep us safe on that straight and narrow path. Keep us in your presence. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. For in Jesus' name, Amen.